Welcome, everyone. My name is Riker Cage, and you're listening to the Survivalist Companion Podcast, episode number 56. Hi, how's it going? Happy New Year to all of our fellow listeners. Uh, just as a little reminder, perhaps this is your first time listening to one of our episodes. What is this podcast? Well, there are enough podcasts on hiking, on cycling, on backpacking, on mountaineering and survival practices. This podcast doesn't replicate those ones. What I'd like to do here on The Survivalist Companion is illustrate how imagination, improvisation, and commitment can unfold the possibilities of the great outdoors for you, the listener. And um, I'd like to uh, introduce a very, very talented man that I met a couple of years ago in the Montreal improv community. Uh, well, actually, I, I, I'll talk a little bit about how I met him. I was taking a class. I was taking an improv class, which uh, is something that I've always encouraged people to do is to try things outside of your sphere of influence. So for some people, that might be knitting. For others, it might be learning some sort of programming language. I decided to do uh, one improv class comedy. And um, this man, he goes by the name of Joe Conto. He... Uh, he acknowledged and he recognized the Windsor knot that I was tying in my object work. And I was so impressed by his knowledge of, of knots. And we got to talking about the great outdoors and he's a survivalist himself. So obviously we got to talking over the years and, and now that uh, improv has finished in, in Montreal, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that too. Um, Joe Conto, how are you today? Well, hi. Uh, I'm excellent. Thanks very much. Thank you for having me on the podcast. You know, so many people uh, think of me just as an improviser. It's nice to be able to discuss this other, uh, this other passion uh, that I have for the great outdoors and uh, for, uh, you know, as a fellow survivalist, you know, we call it uh, the survivalist way. <laughs> And, and I see that you're embracing the survivalist way right now. You're speaking to me outdoors in the middle of a snow sleet. Um, how are you getting reception on there? Uh, well, I, I do have, uh, uh, I have a, I have a nephew who is in Homeland Security <laughs> and he was able to, in fact, secure me some uh, uh, just earphones and a microphone. And uh, I have that, um, as you can see, I'm wearing a pelt and uh on the back of uh, my lower back, I have I have a uh, you know one of those packs uh, that is transmitting to a uh, to a cabin that is not far off. Well, you're looking good, Joe. I see that. That's Thank you. Fresh blood on your pelt. Uh, yeah. Lunch, lunch is served. <laughs> I needed a snack to get me through, so uh, uh, so I had a rabbit, and now uh, I'm. You can see I'm wearing uh, the rest of that rabbit. Two rabbits, one on each hand, as a as a glove. Well, and, you know, I've got a third rabbit as my boom microphone uh, wind resistor. So, I see that. Um, well, anyways, Joe, actually, before we talk a little bit about nature and about uh, mm -hmm. about the theme for today, because um, mm -hmm. uh, I have a very, very interesting uh, letter that I got from a uh, longtime listener, which I'm going to read in a few minutes. But b before we approach that, if you'll just indulge me for a little minute, um, I would like to talk about improv. Is that okay with you? Well, yes, I, uh, 
Uh, I love to talk about that part of my life. Now, Joe, um, I took a Herald class with you. That was the that was the class that uh, that I decided to take. It was the only one that was possible at that time in the year, and um, I found it very fascinating because I really loved the approach. I really loved the format. What I really found very interesting was when I was an audience member watching Herald shows and knowing what the beats would be before they happened. It was very, very uh, fun for me to know where a scene was going to go before it happened. And I wanted to know uh, if you had any thoughts about that. From the audience standpoint, well, I, I think that's part of the fun of a, of a Herald, right? A Herald mm -hmm. has a very uh, specific format, right? And, and as somebody who knows the background of it, you can then take a look and think to yourself, oh, uh, not only I wonder where this is going, that you might predict uh, where they might bring it. And either you are excited with the idea that, oh, I see where they're going and you're excited because you're on the journey with them, or they might go in another direction that you hadn't thought of. That's exciting of it on its own, but also uh, you can judge their ability to uh, go in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And again, as a survivalist, mm -hmm. I think that's exactly it. I think like yourself, when you, um, I remember you were telling me one time uh, when you were scaling Everest for the fourth time, I believe. Uh, at that time, I had only done it twice. I've done it okay, four so, times yeah. now, but back then, exactly. that was the second time. But I think this is the third time. And I remember you saying that you had as much pleasure seeing those people who had um, uh, died along the way, right? Who had made the wrong decision mm -hmm. uh, as you did with uh, reaching the, the summit itself. And I think it's similar in the Herald format. When you see a scene go in the wrong direction that you felt it should, there's a, uh, uh, you always said that there was an appeal uh, to that to say, oh, I enjoyed watching uh, them suffer because they went outside of the survivalist way. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I found that improv was something that probably would have taken a few more uh, seasons for me to really, it's a hard nut to crack. You know, I know how to cut down a tree. I know how to make my own food. I know how to forage for, for leaves and for bushes, for the appropriate ones that provide nutrition. But, you know, doing, listening and committing I found that very difficult, Joe, and I just wanted to, to, to share that with the audience and to acknowledge that uh, you're a very, very talented man with um, many, many different facets. And well, 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 you know, spending three nights alone on a windswept crag, ill-prepared, is sometimes much easier than uh, being in a, uh, uh, a bad uh, improv jam. And and if there's one thing that, sorry, we'll just finish on this. If there's one <laughs> thing that improv really, really did teach me was <clears throat> to appreciate even more the the chaos of not knowing what was going to happen to me in nature. Oh, Am I going to be attacked by wolves tonight? Maybe, yes. And what am I going to do then? Yes, and, right? It's all, it's all yes, and. It's all yes, and in the end. Now, Joe, uh, I, there's, um, pardon me, I, I don't know what's going on. I see uh, hmm. a, a figure in the distance that seems to yes. be uh, attacking a bear uh, with their bare hands. Yeah. And oh, they've, yeah. 
Oh, they've 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 wrestled the bear down, mm-hmm. and they're making a a helmet now. Out of the uh, out of the uh, uh, the the fur that would typically be around the uh, the bear's neck and around the face that has been removed, and uh, uh, it's actually my partner uh, in a uh, in a business that uh, that I have down here uh, in the uh, Adirondack Mountains of northern New York State. Uh, just to, very close to uh, Montreal, but at the same time, uh, you know, millions of acres of uh, untouched terrain. Millions of acres. Yes. It's so big. <laughs> that is, that's amazing. And that's something that uh, we can actually go on to now. So, uh, Joe, you have a, uh, other than being a very, very talented, funny herald improviser, uh, you have a, a side hustle of sorts where mm-hmm. you are a, a, mm-hmm. a concierge. A concierge is, is that the word that you, I'm reading my concierge. notes? Concierge. Concierge. A concierge, much like you would find in a. Uh, you know, I also come from a hospitality background. Mm-hmm. Um, much that you would find in a, a high-end, four or five-star uh, resort hotel. Uh, that person who you see, who makes sure that you have experiences uh, during your time uh, staying at that resort. Um, except here, instead of getting you tickets to the best show in town or dinner reservations, uh, we are providing you with uh, bespoke outdoor experiences. What would be an example of that? So be, if there, j- just to interrupt quickly, one, th- one of the <clears throat> things that I like to do here on the podcast is we, we provide we present listener experiences um, mm. and something that I've always encouraged our listeners to do is to spend a week in nature, one week, one full week, but to do so responsibly and and at least one of those days to perhaps have a, a, a tour guide, a, a park ranger really take you around to help discover the nooks and crannies of a provincial park. So is that the kind of thing that you the kind of experience that you offer, a, a, a sort of a touristic guide along the most impressive uh, uh, paths of the, the parks? There was a time when I did that. And uh, I found uh, a lot of satisfaction in it. But then I did find my, uh, uh, my future uh, partner in this business who really led me down uh, a path. Uh, some would say, uh, a darker path, a more adventurous path, a, uh, a path that might have a good deal of peril in it, but ultimately a much more satisfying path than uh, I was uh, with folks bird watching, uh, showing them beautiful vistas, possibly taking them on a double kayak. Uh, okay. Now, uh, along with my partner, who who is joining me, if if, if you don't mind, um, uh, to you know, to discuss uh, things that are certainly much more challenging and uh, sometimes hair raising. Well, I'd be interested in hearing more about that. Uh, yeah. Now yeah. I, I see that uh, there is no bear anymore. It's just a, a as it looks like a xylophone of ribs. And and if only my audio could pick it up, um, uh, my partner uh, is playing. Uh, John Philip Sousa, uh, she's a grand old flag uh, on the main ribs using the two former femurs. Well, I mean, okay, I, I think there's a few things that I'd like to pick apart there. Um, 
Uh, last episode, sorry about this, Joe. I had a, um, an interview with another survivalist and we discussed mm. how to take apart a caribou in a snowstorm. Yeah. And how to do so in the most efficient but painless way possible for the caribou. And this was only for extreme conditions. We had a le- we had a, a a letter from a longtime listener who was a big fan of the film The Empire Strikes Back, and sure. wanted to know if cutting open a tontor on on planet Hoth was similar to the experience of falling asleep inside an eviscerated caribou in the middle of January in the woodlands of Quebec, and the experience is indeed quite similar. It's disgusting, but it will save your life. And that's what we like to talk about. We like to talk about if you need to kill, make sure it's because you need to save your life. Now, uh, this seems a little bit excessive and unnecessary to be playing music on a corpse, particularly songs of um, that are unfamiliar to listeners. <laughs> Well, uh, I'll tell you what, you know, true survivalists, as you know, uh, those who, who are well uh, versed in the survivalist way, know that we use, you know, we, we call it tip to tail. Yes. yes. We, when, we, when we do uh, uh, use an animal for survival, through, through respect, we utilize every portion of that animal. Certainly, we may use it for shelter. Certainly, we may use it for uh, nourishment. We will use the bear's uh, fat to line the interior uh, of a tent so we can sleep warm uh, tonight. But we have a campfire. What's missing? Entertainment. And what better way to respect that uh, uh, dead animal's cadaver than to play John Philip Sousa She's a grand old flag uh, using the ribs and the femurs. Uh, we celebrate the life of the bear through song, patriotic song. And uh, my, uh, my partner, if, if, if you could indulge, um, could even uh, sing a few bars to, uh, uh, to familiarize your audience. It's a, it's a beautiful um, patriotic uh, uh, song in North America. She's a grand old flag, she's a high-flying flag, and forever in peace may she lay. The emblem of the land I love, the home of the free and the brave. Every heart beats true to the red, white, and blue, where there's never a boast or brag. But should old acquaintance be forgot keep your eye on the grand old eye on the grand old eye on the grand old flag. well that, that was That's a, the that song. was a lovely rendition and i suppose That's... that is a song that now some audience members may be familiar with um okay that's uh well hello uh <laughs> My my name is Denise. Uh, I didn't get a proper introduction, but I have been also on the survivalist team in the North American Adirondack Mountains for oof, close to twenty one years. 
I am on the culinary side of it. I find new ways of making food with ice picks, augers. Mm. Um, we cook out of a quinchy that we make in the snow. Um, it's a hut that we uh, open like two days a week um, when when the temperatures are low enough. So we do create, we, during these COVID times, it's just been takeout. But um, we do have um, a great service that we provide for the survivalists. I will say our dine-in experience, uh, uh, you know, a quinchy is a, is a, is a quite a small uh, hut, you, similar to a yurt, I guess, mm-hmm. in, in some ways. And uh, when we did have to go down to 30% capacity uh, in, in, in a room of that size, it did <laughs> made it difficult. It well, made a really big uh, difference. Yeah. Well, that's interesting that you have these um, these other passions that are keeping you alive and well. So you mentioned the cooking, but also the the music that you've just played. Um, and actually, th- this sort of follows into the letter that I had received from a listener. Mm. This is um, Amanda Rocher from Montreal. And she asks, or she writes rather, Dear Riker, first of all, thank you for the many years of great podcasts and survivalist tips. You've been a great help and you've inspired me and my husband to have uh, to have more adventurous times together. One thing that troubles me, however, is that in the province of Quebec, the curfew that has now been imposed has prevented me and my husband from going out into nature and from exploring and indulging into our newfound survivalist passions and hobbies. How can we live like this? What can we do? Your faithful listener, Amanda. Well, Joe and uh, and Denise, it seems like you found a couple of things that have really mm. kept you going during the COVID pandemic. And, and maybe this is something that you'd like to talk a little bit about is your cooking and music. Is this something that listeners can do in nature? We can look at this two ways, I think. Uh, Denise introduced me to a concept uh, of urban survivalist uh, as well. Uh, the idea that one doesn't have to really uh, go outside the confines of Montreal. We can talk about that as well, certainly. But there are, uh, through mimicry, we can take what are traditional outdoor experiences and urbanize them. You say you have an 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. curfew, yes? Yeah, that's what uh, Amanda is saying there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would invite your listeners to spend that time period Uh, in a dumpster. Mm, mm. Uh, Spend the night in a dumpster as you would in in an outdoor, in any outdoor structure. Denise, you did this, yes? Uh, During your years in uh, uh, Detroit? I lived in Detroit for uh, about 16 years. And though many people titled me as a homeless person, they didn't realize what my, my, I was really a being a survivalist. Mm-hmm. So there was a dumpster beside, uh, behind Target that um, 
was mainly like it was a receptacle for not food, but for mannequins and for the for the inner workings of the for the shelving. So I was able to um, adapt that dumpster really into what we are now calling tiny homes, mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. tiny homes. Um, fact, and well, hey, sorry, I, I'm going to have to interrupt the both of you here. Um, Back on episode 14 of the Survivalist Companion podcast, we had an episode with uh, Joseph Smith, very simple name, but he yeah. uh, talked about setting up camp. He introduced us to how to choose the ideal campsite. Now, the ideal campsite must provide not only comfort, but it must have access to water of some sort, preferably running water and must be free from any, um, it must be a sheltered area, free from any critters, free from anything that may attack you. So a dumpster does not strike me as a place where you'll have access to water and also strikes me as a place that invites rats, rodents, raccoons, many animals that may attack you in the middle of the night. So I feel like in terms of urban survivalism, a dumpster would perhaps not be an ideal place to... Uh, to spend any amount of time in, regardless of the time of day. Uh, Reichert, have you seen a Disney film? I, I have, yes. W which one? Uh, well, uh, let's choose almost anyone. Uh, Cinderella. Did you ever see Cinderella? Mm, I saw Song of the South. Okay. Uh, nope. Let's see. Not Cinderella, huh? I ask you, who helps the main Disney character, typically, in times of strife. Who helped Cinderella build her dress? Who helped uh, Snow White in times of, of difficulty? I'll tell you who. Woodland creatures, mm. time and again. Mm -hmm. A bird comes along and puts a bow on a dress. A squirrel uh, comes along and offers a, a nut and maybe a joke. So I would say that, in fact, what you call rodents, pigeons, vermin, mm -hmm. we call uh, woodland. Let's take the word wood out of it. Cityland helpers. I think in this time, it's a, it's a really divisive time. And I think yes. this is a great point to say that... We have stigmatized these rodents and this other, as we call vermin, that they have one duty and one duty only to infest us with disease. I celebrated the disease. I invited them into my dumpster. I ate dinner with them. I heard their strife. I heard the, I heard the hurt and the division. And we got to a place where we were... Uh, talk about water. <laughs> I had three rats, Tony, Jacob, and Lindsay, that would every day go into Target with a bucket, hmm. fill up those buckets, bring them back to the dumpster. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, in fact, uh, I remember uh, in, in, in one of our earlier meetings, Denise was, uh, in fact, uh, playfully fighting over uh, some popcorn that had been thrown in the lake to a group of ducks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Courtney and uh, Jezebel. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, there you have it. So apparently, uh, straight from the mouth of two concierge outdoor adventure experience enthusiasts, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
urban survivalism. Consider spending a night in a dumpster and befriending uh, cityland creatures. Uh, I have a, a second letter here from another listener. Hmm. This is uh, Michel Dubois, also in Montreal. And he writes, Dear Riker, uh, I am getting already ready for how campsites will be reopening uh, around Canada after COVID. What are some tips that I should consider in order to plan ahead? Well, that's an excellent question. Um, a few of the things that you can consider, Michel, is for sure to reserve early. Reserve early and ahead of time in order to avoid the mass amount of tourists that are certainly going to be reserving around the same time. You can also consider calling your local county or uh, or, or, pr or provincial uh, parks and recreation department for uh, any kind of requirements or need to know information. That can always change at a moment's notice. So as I always say at the end of every episode, in nature, be vigilant. And, uh, and maybe to call the National Park Service for any re reservation info at the specified parks. Many of these parks will not accept reservations at uh, after a specific date. So that's always uh, good to know uh, just for peace of mind. Uh, is there mm. anything that uh, you two would like to add, Joe and uh, Denise? Another question for you, Riker. Yeah. Uh, as a survivalist, uh, during a zombie apocalypse, would you reserve ahead for some lodging? Would you call a 1-800 line to see if maybe there could be some pampering for you? Or would you understand that there are limited resources and there are masses of beings looking for the same resource? Well, I've never had to deal with a zombie apocalypse joe but i would i would i would take it as seriously as any kind yeah. of well, serious problem what i'm saying is the camping culture post covid is going to be so competitive that a reservation is not going to be honored not when you have people who are willing and necessitate the violent takeover of a campsite would you agree denise yeah, I've already I've already secured ten sites in the Adirondack area um, through means of digging a network of tunnels that I started to dig probably about six years ago. In anticipation. I, I, well, I I don't like to brag, but I kind of consider myself a clairvoyant, and um, I sense things when when turmoil is coming, like a mole, like my friend um, Craig. That who you've met many times. He's a mole. He's taught me really the significance of burrowing and going underground. So, yeah, I, I maybe in better times I would abide by these eight hundred numbers, these laws, these rules. Yeah, and in fact, uh, uh, Denise didn't Craig uh, predict because understands chaos and turmoil. Uh, predicted uh, that uh, that earthquake. Oh, yeah. 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 And and also the cancellation of uh, Modern Family. <laughs> yes, spot on. And oh, also... Oh, wait, uh, hang on. Wait a minute. You you have a, a mole friend? A mole friend. Watching Modern yeah, Family. And... Yes. Fiance. Oh. At any rate. Uh, so, 
yes, there, there, there are ways that there will be a coming storm post-COVID for the camping community. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't, I, don't, I don't care how many stakes you have to, mm-hmm. uh, to ballast your tent. Mm-mm. I don't care if you have a, um, a blow-up air mattress or a foot pump one. It's going to get ugly. And it's time to burrow in now, create underground camp yeah. with the hopes of rising above through the earth and uh, setting up setting up your station. And then having s'mores. And then cooking. And then, and then singing those beautiful songs, you know, the patriotic songs that will ultimately bring us together again. Kumbaya. Right. Uh, uh, other songs of peace. As you sit around, uh, uh, keeping away the marauding hordes. Well, okay, Michelle, that's one thing that you can consider uh, in any kind of zombie apocalypse or any sort of disaster that may fall upon the world. Well, the zombie apocalypse is simply a metaphor for uh, post-COVID family camping. Oh, all right. Well, that's something to consider. I would suggest, however reserving at a time of the year where it's going to be a low season uh, and then just finding enough space and time for yourself to enjoy nature at your leisure and listen to the other podcasts we've made. There are many, many, many helpful tips. Uh, Oh, we've got another message here from uh, uh, Susie Gagnon, also from Montreal. A lot of uh, Quebecois names. Well, it's it must be the curfew. Everyone wants to go out into nature, and actually, that you guys are doing pretty well right now in terms of a volume of subscriptions for your service, right? Surprising, surprising, yeah. Have you noticed a sort of um, increase now because of the uh, the quarantine, or because, or rather, the the curfew? Well, you know, we're not experiencing a curfew here in New York State, but uh, uh, but our proximity to Boston. And uh, New York uh, provides, gosh, millions of potential uh, uh, clients who are looking to get outside of their urban traps. They have already spent an evening in, uh, nay, a full night in a dumpster and feel that uh, they're ready for the next level. And that's when they uh, that's when they come to us. That's when they come to us. Susie writes. Mm -hmm. Can you remind me your? Uh, can you remind me the uh, recipe for beef jerky that you made a few oh. episodes ago? Yes. So I have the survivalist beef jerky. Uh, this was a good episode number uh, forty-one, I believe, where I had a survivalist chef. We talked a lot about raw foods and about what to eat, what plants, and what foods to make beforehand. And he he gave his suggestion for beef jerky. It's one and a half pounds of lean beef. The better the beef, the better the jerky. So get good quality beef. Get whatever you can according to your uh, budget. Soy sauce, sesame oil, rice vinegar, honey, and red wine. Mm. Fresh ground pepper to taste. Uh, I like to put a lot of pepper. Some people don't like pepper so much. That's up to you. Uh, fresh grated ginger, and very, very important, powdered mustard. 
that sounds like a uh, that sounds like something off a Martha Stewart. A Martha Stewart uh, Chinese takeout menu. Um, fancy, absolutely fancy. Uh, but but I but I think Denise certainly uh, has provided people the opportunity to have gourmet level product without resorting to uh, something out of uh, uh, Oprah magazine. Oh, uh, I, using, I recall, using what's available. Am I right, Denise? Using what's yeah, available. Yeah, I recall uh, it was the summer months and I was surviving pretty hard in those days, really getting out there and working the, the ground. And I came across a family of bullfrogs that were clearly squatting in this pond. And clearly a family, clearly a family. Well, there was. What a, do you mean squatting? Perhaps it was just where they live. Uh, natural habitat. Oh, no. Oh, no, oh. Not. no these Riker, I'm amazed not, at your naivete. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. So I took it upon myself, and um, in my patriotic way, I skinned them, right? I skinned them and I gutted them. And I took those skins and I marinated it in the brine of the water that they were squatting in. So this is brine that could have some um, wild uh, clams, some uh, fish roe from uh, pike fish row so very salty very briny right and then i took four acorns i mashed those i put it in the brine i added a little bit of sap which is when it's not you know when it's not been run and made into maple it's pretty bitter right put that in incredibly bitter yeah, I've I've mentioned to only only ever eat sap if you find yourself really lost and stranded in the middle of nature in winter because it does provide glucose, which you can help metabolize into energy. Mm-hmm. That is the mm-hmm. only time you should ever be eating sap. But you're saying that you put it in your. In I your wrote a whole cookbook about. Yeah, you know, Denise calls it Denise calls it nature's Red Bull, right? Because yeah. of the energy uh, it provides. Denise, what what is the name of your survivalist uh, cookbook? Uh, that that this is one of the main recipes. Yeah, I'm not a sap. I forget the name of the cookbook, Denise. What uh, what is it? That's what it's called. That's what it's I'm, called. Not, I'm not a sap. Oh, it's called I'm not a sap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm sorry because that's also Denise's uh, catchphrase. She says it a lot throughout the day. Anytime anybody says anything that's um, that, that might imply that she's being gullible, she'll just say I'm not a sap. Maybe it's just excessive product placement. <laughs> is that what it is, Denise? Actually, it's great marketing. Maybe, and maybe it's working, you know, uh, because I've sold 17 copies. 17 copies of which I have one here, actually. Uh, Yes. I'm not a sap. Oh, well, congratulations. (laughs) By Denise Conto. uh, Includes essential recipes on survivalist camping and a list at the back for babies and the very young. And I'd like to read... A little bit of this list. Oh, great. It's like poetry. Um, For babies and the very young, things not to bring. This is the list of things not to bring. I don't know. Why why wouldn't you just put a list of things to bring as opposed to there are many things you shouldn't bring in camping. But the list goes as follows. You'd be surprised, right, at the number of things that we find when we're doing our inspections. Uh, if, If we come across somebody camping. We'll do, we, do, uh, me, we do inspections yes. every yeah. day. 
Yeah, it's 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 part of our. Now, um, are we licensed to do them? No, if that's what you're asking. Are they sanctioned? Absolutely not. But you know what? Sometimes you go outside of uh, what's expected, and you help. So anyway, here's some things we found. Go ahead, please. At the top of the list, you put extra clothes, things not to bring. Yeah, don't bring that. Don't bring that. It's not a fashion show. It's not a baby fashion show. Diapers. Don't bring diapers. No. No. It's called nature. Compost? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I absolutely cannot. I do have a, a four-year-old daughter, and I've every single time that we've gone up, she has needed about a dozen of diapers, I would say, per week. So I'm not sure I can sign off on that. Um, I, don't, I, I, I don't want to insult your daughter, but she sounds very undisciplined. Well, that's, and that's I don't enough. want to alarm you, but, and I could call the authorities. That is, that is greed. That is negligence. That is. Um, I don't want to call it child abuse. Trapping your baby in cloth. Now, but. listen. This is this is really, really too much. Uh, my daughter is great. She's wonderful. She's um, sure. She needs diapers sometimes. Things oh. not to bring. A life jacket. Now, I would suggest a life jacket is necessary for swimming, for boating, for canoeing, for kayaking, for any kind of activity that you may find yourself in water, especially if it's running water. Um, Strap some diapers on. You have all these diapers. Yeah. They're floaty. Take some birch bark. Peel a tree. Use that for buoyancy. Yeah. Some of these these organs of the animals that we uh, slaughter, Mm -hmm. we use some of the, like the, the lungs. Yes. Blow up the lung, tie it like a party balloon or a bladder, any closed thing with an orifice. Stomach. Stomach. Things. Go ahead. Things to bring. This is the, th- okay. oh, you do have a things to bring list. Yes. It's on the other page. Yep. Ipecac. Yeah. 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 Well, it's a, it's a mixed drink, almost like Gatorade that you can mm-hmm. buy at our local uh, pharmacy. Sports. Yeah, pharmacy yeah. sports. Uh, and it, it really, if you add two drops of sap to that mm. and add some like undistilled pond water. Yep. Uh, it's like it's like drinking two pots of coffee. Yeah. Uh, now, now, admittedly, um, you will vomit profusely uh, moments later. Uh, but again, part of surviving is the challenge of dehydration. Zinc oxide. Yeah, bring it. Do you want a sunburn? Put it on your nose. Look like a lifeguard. Yeah. Look like a lifeguard from the seventies. Very sexy. Antacid pills. This entire list is just medication and almost everything is uh, uh, talcum powder. Yes. Well, that softens the bark that we use. As, it's akin to having a hoagie or a, a, a sub roll. Yeah. You take two pieces of bark. Yeah. You put the antacid. It kind of soaks it up, moistens yep. it. Yep. And um, and that's usually I'll have a bare tongue sandwich. And yeah. That's my favorite. Also, um, I chafe. And the talcum powder helps with that. You know, there has to be some level of comfort, Riker. I, I You know, not everything has to be pain and challenge. And sometimes you don't want a sunburn. 
So I plan to survive. I plan to survive. And part of that survival is not having age spots. Thank you very much, Riker. I feel I, you know, I hate to, I hate to say this, but I feel like we're being attacked a little bit for our beliefs. Now, now listen, if there's one thing that I want all of my guests to feel, it's complete okay. comfort. I apologize. Completely in the, in the sensation that I'm listening to you and that this is going out to our listeners who are interested in camping and You're who right. are interested in survivalism. And I just want to confirm that we're on the same page because I have to... I have to say some of these ideas and some of these tips, I'm not entirely certain would work for me, but perhaps depending on your specific circumstances, this might be uh, something to consider. Uh, I have another message here from uh, Jean-François Lubelin. From the They're getting even <laughs> more Quebecois. I love it. Let me guess, it's from Montreal. Well, or or the, the, the Eastern Townships. It's from Montreal. Packing your canoe. The question's about canoe packing. <clears throat> like bicycles and dogs, canoes yearn for low, even weight displacement. Can you confirm or deny? <laughs> That's the question. Um, yes, absolutely. If you, uh, you want to do that, if you're canoeing, you want an even weight distribution, front, back, left side, right side, in order to maintain stability. That's an easy one. Um, mm. I would encourage if you are, especially if this is your first time canoeing, because this seems like a bit of a beginner question, uh, maybe canoe with someone else. Try to see if you can get one of those park rangers that I mentioned to maybe do a couple of uh, spins around with you just to get the hang of it. Um, yeah. And make sure that the backpack that you are carrying during the entire canoe is also properly weight distributed that way it doesn't it doesn't become uncomfortable for you at any point you can set it down and it's at no point going to tip the boat in any direction couldn't agree more uh we uh we always start our clients off with a well-distributed well-packed canoe with all the items they need for both comfort and survival and once we're far enough from shore, we tip it. Now, no. W w why? Why would you tip the boat? Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, uh, are we on the same, uh, are we on a, a survival side? <laughs> I don't understand. Did you, did you check into the Holiday Inn? Ding, ding. I'll get your bag, sir. That's a question, Riker. Did you or did you not? Check into the Holiday Inn Express just off the highway in Longay. I did, yes. I'm staying in Longay for the next couple of days because there okay. is okay. a survivalist well. expedition that I'm doing with a few friends. Okay. Uh, well, then you are at a Holiday Inn and you expect safety and comfort. When you join us on one of our concierge experiences, you are going to expect uh, a challenge. And part of that challenge is losing everything at the bottom of the lake and having to move forward with just yourself and an empty canoe. What was that sound, Denise? What did you just do right now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is that the timer? Is that the timer? That was the timer of my microwave uh, that I have here um, in my quinchy. Uh, excuse me. I just. I what are you making? Just, <laughs> 
I just heated up a slice of pizza that I brought in from uh, town last night. Microwave? Uh-huh. Didn't you just give me an entire spiel on survivalism and on, on your hardcore nature? You're microwaving <laughs> wood oven pizzas? She, There's I a did. big danger with radioactive uh, machinery, right? I'm exposing myself to possible radiation by bringing this microwave. So... Uh, I don't know where you get off insinuating that I'm making up some kind of lie that I am not a survivalist. Also, she overpowered that delivery kid. <laughs> yeah. I, oh. oh, there's my coffee. Uh, my my uh, K-cup is ready, uh, Joe. Great. Sorry. Excellent. So, oh, can you can, can you put almond milk in mine? Uh, I like almond milk. Yeah. What What is this? This is an entire. Okay. You know what, Joe? I was with you for a second, and I was beginning to really reflect on my choices and if this was truly a survivalist podcast. Yes, I am staying at the Holiday Inn. Yes, it is a three star hotel, not four or five, but it's still pretty nice, and I have a bigger bathroom than I thought I would. And yes, I like it. I do like it. But you are drinking almond milk. You're having that's a that's not a coffee, Denise. That's a frappuccino I see in oh, your hand okay. there. All right. All right. Okay, we're caught. And okay, we're is, caught. This is okay, a, okay. A Breville right. microwave with the temperature controls only in Celsius. That's how European it is. Okay, so maybe my pelt is actually a bathroom rug from Ikea. All right. Right. And, and maybe and maybe that song I was playing earlier is on a xylophone that I've had since I was six years old from Fisher Price. Okay. All right. And maybe and maybe when she slaughtered those bullfrogs, they weren't bullfrogs. And maybe there wasn't a slaughter. And maybe there aren't tunnels. Maybe we never lived a, a night in a dumpster. Maybe we're just a couple of frauds. And maybe I do wear makeup. Yeah. And maybe that Quincy is uh, an RV. All right. With a gas generator. Maybe. Well, there you have it, listeners. Um, you know, just stick to the basics, I would say. Reserve ahead of time. Make sure that uh, you're respecting distances and then the parks themselves. Bring a backpack, bring extra clothes, bring diapers if you have a kid. You should definitely bring diapers. Joe and Denise, uh, I'd like to say that it was a pleasure, but honestly, this was weird. And I'm not sure I'll have either of you on this podcast again. What? Uh, Come on. uh, Please. What? What? Oh. Oh. We're going to Olive Garden. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. Uh, If you have any further questions about nature, about camping, about survivalism, please write us at uh, thesurvivalistcompanion at gmail.com. That's that's my personal email. And uh, stay safe. Enjoy the nature. Don't get too worried about this curfew. This is just another opportunity to resource yourself with the great beauty that is Mother Earth. Thank you very much.